Welcome to the Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Welcome back for another episode in our self-care series. Today, we are covering wellness for caregivers. This is so important now more than ever, definitely as we are living through a pandemic. Like, I can't even believe that we are going on a full year and a half. Yeah, a full year and a half of a pandemic. That's crazy, right? But here we are, God is faithful, and we have been kept through it all. So essentially, I want to define the word caregiver, but not from the dictionary, because I mean, the dictionary is pretty self-explanatory, but I mean, the explanation for caregiver is explanatory too, but I want to just be really clear about it for the purposes of this episode. So essentially, we're talking about somebody who provides or looks after other people. So this could be an aunt, a sister, a friend, granny and them, etc. Again, for the purposes of this episode, I am specifically referring to extended care. So I'm not talking about, you know, you are an aunt that occasionally watches a kid or something like that. I'm talking about extended care. So like regularly keeping um, an adult, a child, etc. for an extended period of time while the parent works. Um, I'm talking about a provision of time or money. I'm talking about parents, whether that is parents that are married, parents that are co-parenting, single parents, etc. So that's what I mean when I'm saying caregivers. Oftentimes, caregivers are the last on their to-do list, whether this is male or female. We tend to think about it in terms of females because uh, I think females are the most vocal about it. I don't hear a lot of men being like, I have to uh, be mindful of my self-care, although men should do that. But you don't really hear it a lot, but it is important for both males and females. We have to take care of ourselves because many of us, sadly, do not have high levels of support, a.k.a. the reason why we are recovering strong friends. As a quick side note, if you are a recovering strong friend or even still in the strong friend category, that is not an excuse or a reason why you should just keep doing what you're doing. You still need to be smart about taking care of yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to send support and help your way. Okay, so that's just a quick side note. Seek support, pray for support. 
if you do have support, they're still not going to do everything like you do it. You know, we got our little quirks about the way that we like things. You know, some people like the tissue to come off the roll at the top and other people like it to come off at the bottom. Those are the simple things. But the general idea here is you are a caregiver. You have a specific way that you work with whoever it is that you're caring for, whether that be your parents, your grandparents, your children, um, your your nieces and nephews, your grandchildren, however it goes, you have an idea of the best version of care for them. And no one else is going to do that besides you. So if you have that idea in your head, that means that you have to do a good job of taking care of yourself. Because if you don't, nobody else is going to take care of you. And the people that you are supporting might have a compromise in the level of care that they're having because it's not you that's taking care of them. Now, as a caveat, you know, I want to be clear, you are not the end all be all because you're not Jesus. So there are people that can take good care of the people that we're talking about, the person that popped into your mind or the people that popped into your mind. But basically, the idea is you have to be the best version of yourself so that you make sure that you can take care of them properly. Make sense? All right. So the very first tip that I have in practicing wellness for caregivers is to recognize your role, sis. Recognize your role. Are you mama? Are you auntie? Are you granny? You know, where do you fit? When we take a second and really recognize our role, it saves us heartache because you know your boundary. You're not overstepping your boundary. You're not trying to force something to happen. I want to put it to you in this context. If we think about Cinderella's shoe, only her foot fit into that shoe and every other woman that tried to put that shoe on it didn't fit because it wasn't made for them so this specific role that you're in is uniquely designed for you God designed it unique for you there is a part that you can play in your role as grandma or auntie or uncle or whatever but it's not mama if you are not the person's mom that's not your role period. And I know y'all don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. Even if you feel like the primary caregiver is not doing a great job, it's not your role to step in that place if you were not invited in, if the Holy Spirit did not call you into that position. So I want to be clear, marinate on that for a second. It don't feel good, I know, but we have to recognize our role and don't try to overstep that. And then likewise, if I am the mom, I have to recognize that it's not on me to make my mom do everything to care for my children. If I am blessed with the role of mother, I need to step up and make sure that I am performing as mother. So recognizing the role and doing what is necessary for that role. You have a lot less arguments when you're not trying to step into a role that's not yours, period. There's no like 
cute way to put that. It's just one of those things that is what it is. Okay, another tip for wellness as a caregiver is to stop doing the most. I'm going to repeat that for the folks in the back. Stop doing the most. Realistically, I know y'all don't like to hear this, but if we're talking about wellness, you guys remember we defined wellness. Wellness is overall health. It is mental health. It is spiritual. It is physical. And so some of the things that contribute to a healthy state of wellness is part of what we're doing part of how we are responding, part of the ways that we're setting ourselves up for success or failure in our relationships and our daily lives. So here's what I mean when I say stop doing the most. You are not God, boo. Let him be who he is. It is okay to fall back. I think so many times we forget this concept that we're not meant to solve every problem. We're meant to have our role, play our role, do our part. We forget that prayer changes things. We forget that we serve a powerful God who knew that we would reach this point in time already. And so we don't have to do the absolute most. Here's what I mean. Let's just say you're in a situation where you have um, an adult child and you help out by watching your grandchildren while your adult child works. But let's just say from your perspective and your idea, they could be doing, let's say, 20 to 30 percent more for their child. It is not your job to manipulate situations to try to get them to perform the way that you think they should be performing in their role as a parent. Let that sink in. It is not your job to manipulate behind the scenes to get your child to perform the way that you think is best just for the sake of your own comfort or your own idea, your own visual of what you think is best for their child. This is why recognizing your role is super important. And if we are going to be honest, manipulation is a form of witchcraft. And I'm not trying to like, do the most here, but I want you to take this to your own personal prayer time and ask, are there any relationships that I've been trying to manipulate? Because this doesn't just go for parents who are trying to control their adult children. It also goes for teens. It also goes for, you know, spouses. Manipulation is a form of witchcraft. We got to fall back and let God be God. And that's just the way that it goes. Communication is key for any relationship. So if you feel confused as to what your part is in this relationship as a caregiver, if you are co-parenting or providing care, let's say, you know, you and your siblings are providing care for your adult parent, communicate, ask what you guys think is best. Get people's perspectives and then you come up with a plan together. Find out what the other people expect and how they want to be helped, even if it's a kid. So let's say, for example, you know, I am the primary caregiver for my 
11 year old and I always end up in conflict with them and I'm not really sure why it's okay to have a conversation with them and ask them what they feel like could be better and I know in communities of color we don't see that as being okay but it is okay it's okay to have conversations you can't have these amazing relationships with your kid as an adult when you don't talk to them when they're a younger kid If we think about relationships with toddlers where it's like, oh, give me a hug. And the toddler's like, no. And then we go and make them give us a hug or, oh, go stop being mean. You're teaching them that their voice doesn't matter. You're teaching them that it's okay for somebody to go over their boundaries and that's not okay. So we start the communication early so that our relationships We also have to understand that people interpret things very different. So when I say, you know, I really do appreciate your help, but I just need a little bit of space for you. That might mean call you once a week or help out once a week, where for me, maybe I just meant I need a little bit more space as in an hour or two before you call me to come and help me three times a week. There's a difference in perspectives. There's a difference in perceptions based on our life experiences. And so we have to be aware of that and we have to respond accordingly. So communication is going to be very important to help us make sure that we are actually being supportive to the people that we're caring for. Before I give you the last tip, we're going to pause right here and have a quick word from our episode sponsor. Hey girl, did you know that statistics show black women have a higher chance of developing high blood pressure and other subtle life-threatening diseases? Not to mention the mental health diagnoses we don't talk about. As a licensed therapist, I talk to women both in and outside of my office about ways to take off the superwoman cape and be themselves. Being a black therapist, I know how culturally we're often pressured to set aside our own mental wellness to do what we have to do. Girl, I've been there and I've learned how to stop the cycle and now I teach other women to do the same thing inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. The Pink Emerald Collective is centered on three pieces, establishing our identity, providing you with practical strategies and solid connections with a squad. Take Shanetta, for example. She thought she didn't have the time or the money to invest in herself because she thought it meant taking up a lot of space in her schedule when she had a lot to do. She also thought it might mean spending a ton of money for something that would give her temporary or superficial results like a massage or a bubble bath. Now, don't get me wrong, sis. That stuff has its place, but it's not going to help you take off the cape and flourish in life. Shanetta was tired of putting herself on the back burner. She joined the Pink Emerald Collective and learned how to carve out time for herself, resting intentionally, making boundaries her bestie while loving on the people in her life. And she is now connected to a tribe of amazing women who value sisterhood just like her. 
Enrollment for the collective with the 14-day trial is now open. And when you join, you get access to our free bonus course, The Boss Babe Reset, a 30-minute bite-sized masterclass to help you reset your routines. So if you're tired of being put on the back burner and you're looking for a squad, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash collective to join today and grab your freebie. Okay, so the last tip that I have for you is to schedule time for yourself every single week. I know, I know, I know. We hear this all the time. And I have to be honest, this is something that I still struggle to stay consistent with as well. But it is super important, girl. You cannot be out here trying to minister and take everybody in a mama and forgetting about yourself. So... Like I said, I need to stay consistent with this, but I do make a weekly self-care plan. So I have like a list of items or things that I like to do for different forms of self-care, whether that is like uh, financial self-care, physical self-care, etc. And sometimes I think in terms of categorizing it, but a lot of times I just think about what it is that I want to do for that week, what I want to make my goal. So usually my daily self-care goals is time with God and journaling. I try to do those things every single day. I don't always get to like a um, long journaling session and I'm okay with that as long as I can take a second and kind of process my thoughts uh, every day, then I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Because I learned that processing my thoughts at whatever point throughout the day is super, super beneficial to me. Whether that is processing my thoughts in between sessions through digital journaling or processing my thoughts at the end of the night in my physical journal. I like to just kind of take inventory of how the day went and figure out what it is that I need to do for tomorrow to make it a better day or um, just to make things flow a little bit more smoothly. So I would encourage you to come up with some weekly self-care goals the same way that you have a goal of like maybe making it to the gym three times a week. Maybe it is eating a nourishing meal or a home cooked meal however many times during the week. Whatever it is, look at what it is that you need. Look at what really makes you feel good and what gives you energy to continue throughout the rest of the week and then set it up as a goal. Making it a habit is going to start to help you feel good and it's going to help to replenish you when you feel weak or vulnerable. When you're in those moments and you're like overwhelmed and you feel like this week is just way too chaotic for me, if you already have a plan of things that you know is super helpful for you, then it won't feel like too much to actually sit down and do the thing. Now, I know initially, like when you're establishing a habit, it just seems like one more thing on your to-do list. I had a client one time that, you know, said that she would thoroughly enjoy bubble baths, but she couldn't really 
see herself sitting quietly in the tub even for 20 minutes. So I challenged her to just simply try it. And the first time she did it, she said it was weird, but she actually enjoyed it. And the more that she began to do it, the more she saw that she actually could squeeze these things into her schedule. And then it stopped being a squeeze into her schedule and it became a priority for her. So make a plan to schedule time for yourself every single week. It's time to talk about what I've been loving. Product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Yo, I cannot even believe that I am actually recording this right now because I'm just like in a moment of gratitude and awe and thankful to God for a wildly successful retreat. For those of you that have been following me for any length of time, you know that the Pink Emerald Retreat was this past weekend and it was phenomenal. The ladies really, really enjoyed themselves and our presenters were amazing. There were like so many moments of clarity and I felt like in total alignment with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just so grateful to God for orchestrating that moment. The laughter that we shared, the conversations, the breakthroughs, it was truly a pleasure for me to witness and honestly a gift. Relationships are so messy sometimes. And so it was nice to observe some peaceful interactions where, you know, reconciliation took place, where some personal growth happened. It was just very beautiful to witness. So I'm just in a moment of gratitude for the Pink Emerald Retreat this week. All right, love. So a quick recap. Today we covered what a caregiver is, defining why you need self-care as caregivers, how to recognize your role, that you need to stop doing the most, girl, because it's jamming you up, and how you should schedule self-care into your calendar each week. If you're not sure where to start, I want to invite you to join us inside of the Pink Emerald Collective for this month's Empowerment session. We're going to be helping you to craft your wellness plan. There's a 14 day free trial for the collective and the link is going to be in the show notes. Then if you enjoyed this episode, share the love, boo. Send it to your girl, send it to your friends, send it to your family. And then if you have about 90 seconds, I would love if you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast grow so that we can open up the door for more authentic conversations. That is all I have for you this week. If I don't see you next week, then I'll see you out here in these social media streets. Bye, love. <laughs>